0: Hey, everybody, we are back with Do the Woo, episode 35. This is Bob WP, and one of our new co-hosts is joining us today. So uh, you get a break from Brad. You don't get a break from me, but you get a Brad break. So I have Jonathan Wold, one of my new co-hosts from Automatic slash WooCommerce joining me. Jonathan, how's it going?
1: It's going good, Bob. We got a, a lot of snow up here uh, where I live. I got about two feet outside right now, so it's, really? uh, it's a nice time of year.
0: Yeah, it's coming down, and we're about to a 0.2 inch, maybe. Um, <laughs> if we're lucky out there, I think it's, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's kind of... Pressable for where you're at. <laughs> yeah. and it's surreal when you see snow on the beach, ocean beach. It's a little odd, so, so, um, so I live in a surreal world, but...
1: We also don't have the same weather that you have. How cold is it in Australia right now?
2: Uh, Cold, like, well, I'm not sure if you guys understand Celsius, (laughs) but it's, uh, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit. It's like 30 already, 30 degrees Celsius now, and it's getting hotter. And, but Melbourne, you know, in general, we always joke that it's very, like it has very unpredictable weather. We'll go from 30 degrees in the morning to a thunderstorm So for anyone in Fahrenheit,
1: that's like about 86 Fahrenheit. So that's uh, the point there is it's summertime in Australia right now. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good
1: So we, for the first time this year or first time ever for us, um, my family and I, we went down to Mexico for Christmas and um, a number of different reasons. My wife's doing school and a lot of crazy things. So we just like skipped Christmas this year, went down there, woke up Christmas morning, went out and uh, we ended up doing this excursion where we were riding camels on the beach. It was a very strange experience for me having always done pretty traditional like cold weather Christmases to be. It's sunny and warm and on a beach. So yeah. Do you you know how we feel? Yes.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Bob's got no idea. Bob's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: I, I know I get used. It's always been the Northwest. And when we lived in Southern California for five years, it was weird to me because it was like, okay, here's Christmas. I go out, see the palm trees. There's no snow. It's the same. Feels like the same temperature. It has been for the last eight months and nothing's different and then it'd go into the next year so i i grew up well i grew up closer to you jonathan over in spokane so and those were the days of you know five six seven foot snow drifts yeah and those were then that's what i grew up in and that's what i loved and i wouldn't love it now because i have to drive in it but back then i got to sled in it and and do everything else in it and get pulled around on the back of car bumpers and anyway all that fun stuff crazy stuff bryce you have been like i said in the woocommerce space a quite a long time you're doing something really cool now and you have been doing that for a while tell us or tell everybody a little bit about what you're up to and, and a little bit of your background
2: yeah i can start with the background it's you know I, for me. I feel very fortunate to have had a really great background in the like WordPress space, WooCommerce industry. Um, So it's, for me, it's, I think a lot of people in life, you know, eventually when they find what they really love doing, it's, they love it and like everything else before was not as great and maybe they don't even want to think about it. Um, But for me, I I also used to love what I did. So it's just like the next step of that. Um, But anyway, so yeah, a bit of my background before well, I haven't said what I'm doing now, but um, I started my like kind of um, life in the WordPress world as a support technician for WooCommerce. So it was only 30, 25, 25 odd people then, and they were looking for people to do support. And I was like, you know, I've seen WooCommerce before. I'll try that. So I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't think I'd get the job. <laughs> I was talking to someone yesterday and they're like, um, you know, was it easy to get a job there? And I'm like, well... I didn't really think I'd get it. I just did an application and it went well. So did an interview and got the job and all of a sudden I was doing support for WooCommerce and, you know, very much learning on the job. Um, and then uh, became interested more in the development side of things after a, a while of answering questions. And, and, you know, WooCommerce was really heavily used. This is back in you know, 2000 and. I think 14 or something like that. It was really quite popular then as well. This is five years ago. And we get a lot of questions and a lot of complicated ones. And there weren't that many of us doing support. So you'd have to get through a lot of questions. And after a while, you start to want to want to give more answers. And there's only so many answers you can give when you're like technically limited by the response you can give, right? So in, in a desire to be like better at my support job, I wanted to be a developer, but the Catch-22 there is that as soon as you start doing more development work, that's all you want to do. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think it's not a surprise to companies like that. Like, they, they see it a lot. So when I send a message to someone there and I'm like, I want to be a developer, they I don't think they were surprised at all. They are like, okay, we're waiting for that message. Um, but, yeah, it took a little convincing, and then eventually I moved into a developer position. I was um, –
1: One thing I'm curious about. So prior, so on the Wu team, had you worked remotely, like distributed, before that?
2: Um, no, no. I, I, my background before Wu is is not Wu. Like I was living in Southeast Asia, I was um, running businesses there, traveling. It was almost as far from remote as it could be because any work I was doing was like very much in-person, physical. Yeah. We didn't even have internet a lot of the time or like good phone service and things like that. So,
1: so that's something I'm always curious about is what that transition is, experience is like. Like I personally resisted it. Yeah, you know, I've been doing fully distributed for eight plus years now. And I was very resistant at first. What was it like for you first coming into Woo and then the transition to automatic?
2: I Maybe it was okay because I did such an, like, an overcorrection that it was so far from any, like I'd never worked in an office doing a tech job i never like sat next to developers and uh, yeah. So it was, for me it was almost, and it's probably what it's going to be like for a lot of people starting their careers now um, and going forward that you don't even experience a physical job. Like it's just mm. the only reality, you know, is working remotely, which makes that adjustment really easy. <laughs> because, I, And, and that being said, you know, when you work remote, like, as you know, Jonathan, you do meetups, you, you see people in person a lot and, and I'm sure you've left a couple of meetups thinking like, "Oh, that was great! Like, I wish I could do that every day with those people, right? Like, just or even a little bit more frequently, um, you just would love to spend time physically with the people you work with. So it's not all, I guess. Like, you know, you miss you miss it. You, I I didn't really miss anything because I hadn't done that before, but I'm I kind of loved working in person. with so in metric today, is the, is the right. team distributed or like, how do you guys yeah. do that? <laughs> so, so after automatic, I ended up leaving back in 2016. And then it was really just that desire after just wanting to, for a long time, build my own company, but not have being able to. And then there was a point where I woke up one day and felt like I'm able to do this now. I'm ready financially, mentally, all that stuff. So I left and started this company metric back in 2016 and it, in short, and we can talk about it more later if you want, but um it's basically just analytics and email automation and I almost call it like a co-pilot for WooCommerce stores. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. that's the product. Um now metrics, three people in, or four people including me, like my partner helps out a lot. And then we've got um one other team member who and I resisted hiring for a long time. So it it wasn't that metric was remote or had an office. It was like it was just me for such a long time. But um, like, after two and a half to three years, I thought, okay, maybe it's time it would help. So, I brought on someone back in um, May or so last year. And and it's funny you mentioned that, like, kind of question, was it remote? Because the first person I hired was from Melbourne and someone I'd known my whole life. Um, so... I, <laughs> Yeah, I almost did an overcorrection again, where I was like, I've worked remote for a few years, like, I'm going to do the opposite now. Um, But it's like we had an office or anything, like, um, as a friend, you know, sometimes we'd work from his place, my place, cafes, but also 80% of the time we'd work remotely. And I kind of wanted, I knew that, like, going forward, if I ever hired a third person, fourth person, they would be someone not in Melbourne. So I almost like wanted to train that first hire from the start, like, this is how we're going to work. So, um, and then the second person I hired, like, in addition to my partner and myself is um, Sven um, Hutchinson, who, Bob, you, you probably know Sven. He used to work at yeah. WooCommerce um, and Automatic, and um, he's he's not in Australia, so that's a remote hire. And, and Sven was a bit of an unplanned hire in that it wasn't something that, you know, I'd been talking to him about for a long time. Just the opportunity came up, and I think him and I both had, like... Really want to work with each other again after having that gap for a, a few years. So it's just really good timing. And that's been really fun as well. But that's been remote. So I guess it is a remote company. That's question. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So when you were at WooCommerce, and I, I, I don't want to pinpoint down the exact moment, but obviously you found the need you were looking at WooCommerce at some point, maybe it was in the tickling of oh, the back yeah, of your well, head for some time saying, <laughs> you know,
2: where, where are all the metrics? Yeah. No, it's not, it's not something you come up with overnight, right? Yeah. No. Well, the original idea for Metric was um, it would have happened back in like a, over a year and a half before I left when this is before Automatic. So it was just the I was just getting into a development role at WooCommerce, when it's just WooCommerce and I was like, guys, I've been building this, you know, beta for like an idea I have for a, a metrics kind of app. And it was so far from what it is now. Like it, it literally all it did was pull in some data of the API and make a, a chart that had a use chart.js and look nicer. Like I did some design on the chart. It was really simple, but it was enough to say like, maybe this is an area to focus on. Um, and but, you know, I had no credibility. I was just learning to be a developer and I was doing support most of the time. Like I wasn't really in the position, I suppose, to offer that to the company. But I, I, I had something in mind, so I, I showed them and um, it didn't really work out. Like, you know, I never really went past that stage. So that was where the first idea came from. Um, but I kind of just, yeah, like put on the back burner. You know, I didn't – I think someone asked me at Automatic for the code, like, you know, when we were joining them and I was like, I don't have that anymore. <laughs> like, it was like, a you know, an awful plug-in. Um, and it didn't really do much, but it was it was all right. It was enough to get the idea going in my head that this is an area that it would be fun to focus on one day. And then I think when it came around to it, and I was like, you know, I'm ready to do something on my own. And it was just like, what ideas do I have? And I'm like, well, that works. I'll try that. You know, you've got to go with like what you, what you know. And I was like, I want to do something in the WooCommerce space because I just feel very at home here. The community is amazing. And... And I think, especially when you're when you're leaving an amazing job like one at Automatic to start saying on your own, you, the trading there's a lot of trade offs. Like you're giving up a lot of really great stuff. So, I I kind of did this calculation in my head where I'm like, you know, as long as I can kind of cover my cost of living and and maybe even replicate my old salary with this project, um, that'll be okay. But I that would also still be the equivalent of like another job. So I wanted to be in an amazing community and, and work with like my friends and stuff. So it almost kind of gave it more value rather than the money side. So I'd, if I'd gone and like, you know, entered a whole new industry and maybe made a tech product, but very far from WooCommerce, um, I think it would have been, even if I'd replicated the financial needs, I don't think it would have been as fulfilling as the work I was doing on a WooCommerce oh, related product. Yeah. Like it was part of my calculation I suppose in at what point does this project uh reach break even. It was it, it was a lower financial requirement because of the other value I got out of it. Yeah.
1: Exactly. One of the things that I'm just I'm really curious about. I spent a fair amount of time last year like looking at the software as a service space and just kind of thinking about the opportunity in that as it relates to WordPress. So so you've you and it's interesting to hear you looking at multiple different pieces that sort of factored into your decision to invest. And basically, from my point of view it's like a SaaS on Woo, right? Like
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I it's exactly like a SaaS.
1: Yeah. How much opportunity do you think there is from your point of view as someone who's kind of started and you've you've seen the ups and presumably the downs, the challenges, the opportunities. Like when you think about like SaaS and WordPress and WooCommerce specifically, Uh, broadly, like how much opportunity do you feel there is in that space for people who are interested in what you've done?
2: Not just in WooCommerce, but WordPress in general. Like I wrote a blog post back in the early days and I was still working on the beta for Metric. I was almost like filled with a lot of like just ideas and, 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 and hope almost for like the WordPress space because I was building and I was like, maybe I'm onto something like where it might be something that other people can do and, and will have a lot of value. And I even wrote a blog post like about the future of WordPress, not being in a zip file because uh, plugins made a lot of sense for a long time, but now I don't think that's the case. <laughs> they, it's it's almost like the opposite. And I think we'll see it slowly shift away. And we already are where a lot of companies that have a plugin that maybe their whole business was providing a premium plugin. They're shifting a lot of that functionality towards a SAS. Uh, the, the benefits are just like infinite. I I, I struggle to see many cons, um, but the advantages of like doing a software as a service business rather than a, a plugin that people purchase and download and install. Well, you can just offer so much more value as the um, the business that's providing that service. Because when you're when you're offering people a plugin, it's it's a little archaic in in that like just a very simple situation. There's a bug. So what do you do? You fix it in the code. You, you know put into a zip file and then you send, you upload it to your site as like a new update and maybe it automatically lets them see the update in their admin or they get emailed and they have to download the update and install it. Just that whole concept that um, you need to first to get alerted to the bug, you need to fix it. And then people need to actively make um, an action to, to benefit from you fixing that bug, is just crazy. With a SaaS, if someone reports a bug right now, um, Well, firstly, a lot of people don't even need a report box because the amount of tracking you can do on a SaaS in terms of error tracking, I get an email the second there's a new JavaScript error on the app, and I can look at that, fix it, put it live. No one even had to say to me, Bryce, there's a bug. And then instantly, every single user has the latest version with that bug fix. Like that already is enough for me to sell it. Um, The the (laughs) the other side of it, you can see I get pretty excited about it. The other side of it, though, is that uh, from a business point of view, you're like experiencing a, a much more predictable revenue stream yep. where um, it's also tends to be a little bit more affordable at the start for your customers because you can bill monthly. Like my, or, yeah. yeah, well my lowest plan is like $20 a month, which isn't that cheap, but it is $20 uh, to get started while some plugins that would offer similar functionality might be 150 or 200 upfront. Now in the long run, I have no doubt metric will be more expensive. It's probably one of the most expensive um, products for WordPress and WooCommerce out there. And, you know, it doesn't bother me because it, it's, you know, the value provides, justifies the price, and, and the number of customers we have speak volumes to that. But um, for customers, they can get started without putting in a credit card, without buying anything because you're offering a trial. And you can't do that with a plugin. because if you give someone the product, the plugin, the file, they have the product. There's no, like, after 30 days, hey, you didn't pay. Can you please send me back the zip file and promise to delete it? You can't really have that dialogue. Yeah. Well, with the SaaS, someone can come try the product. They can get every feature, and we don't limit it at all. So they can go in, use the entire product as if they were paying. And it doesn't matter. Like, I have some people do trials that have half a million orders. They're, they're like, they're at a scale where if I said to them, you need to pay a 1000 up front, they, it wouldn't be an issue for them. They make that much in 10 minutes. But everyone whether they're small or big gets that same like first first experience with the product where you say everything you can be used you don't need to give me a credit card use it for a month and if you like it then pay and and that's really nice because like I have some people that will never subscribe but they just needed one thing I offered and they just wanted that one thing and I I don't mind they can just try it do that one thing they needed and then never use it again and didn't cost them anything it doesn't really bother me and it's it's just one of those unique things about running a SaaS that you get to have.
0: Yeah, I, I find that interesting because I look at it as, and this is from the other side of it, somebody that spends the money and does <laughs> this, is that I, I love the trial, but I also love any SaaS that provides that monthly option because sometimes I need more than the trial. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, let's take, you know, your product, for example, yeah. I, I could try, I could do the trial and then say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and spend 20 bucks, you know, and play with it a bit longer. And after that, maybe, you know, I decide not to, and then I can, you know, go, go the option of depending on the place, whether I want to go yearly or, or go monthly, but it, it kind of gives, and then I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't agree with me or don't think that way. Cause they're thinking, oh, you know, that's 20 bucks more. I don't want to have to spend well. There isn't many opportunities to spend a lower amount of money yeah. and really work something, work yeah. on it for a while and I until you started talking about it, I didn't really think of it that way, but that's how I approach a lot of this stuff i've I don't know how many services I bought for just two or three months, and just thought, okay, this is great, but you know I can really you go your own this. Yeah, yeah, but i I was able to get out of it what I wanted to make that decision.
2: Yeah, that's something really nice about um, giving people that freedom again in, in how they use software. But, it, you know, it's not all like amazing for consumers. Of course, it is going to be more expensive. Um, some people say to me, why, you know, why do I have to pay more if I'm growing? Because if, if they start using metric when they have like $80 a month, they're paying that $20 a month. But if, you know, they grow and then suddenly they're doing $2,000 a month, they're paying, I think it's 100 a month for that plan five times the price they say why why am i paying you more like it's the same product but because of a SaaS, you have different um like economics and stuff where the the costs on our end end up increasing as they grow so the price reflects that but you are still able to offer a very high quality product and service to to everyone and that's for me, like enough to justify it. And, and the, the beautiful thing about running a business or selling any product is that no one has to buy it. It's a choice. It's a, a choice where someone can look at it and say, this is worth the money to me, and someone can say, this is not worth it. And everyone has that choice over how they use it. The The really nice thing um, and why I always advocate for WordPress developers, WooCommerce developers to consider SaaS as an option is that because of the how the numbers work and that if you can provide something with a lot of value, to a bigger customer who will happily pay you like four or five thousand dollars a month, I'm sorry, four or five thousand dollars a year, you only need like 10 or 20 of them to replicate a salary at another company, but you're doing what you love, they're happy, and so it doesn't bother me if I won't have 10,000 customers. I have, we have like uh, 1100 or so now. that's more than I could have ever hoped for. I would have been happy with a 100 customers or 200 customers. so you, your like, requirements as a business reduce a lot. And you could compare it to someone who has a premium plugin that costs $50 a year. Let's say it's $50 a year even. And for them to do 100K in revenue, they need to sell, you know, I should be better at math for someone who runs an analytics company, (laughs) but um, they need to sell 2,000 licenses uh, a year. 2,000 licenses. That's like, you know, seven a day. That's crazy. That's a lot. Seven new customers a day. We don't have that many new customers a day. And I've been doing this for three and a half years. Maybe some days there'll be like six or seven, but most days will be one or two. But when you have a SaaS, all of a sudden, the requirement to have like a steady influx of new customers every day disappears. You just need to kind of um, maintain what you have, like the customer base you have, and slowly add to it while not losing as much as you're adding. The the beautiful thing about a SaaS business is that as long as you add more revenue each month than you've lost, like you retain more than or you retain, no, sorry, not you retain, but you get more like new customers and you're losing, you'll just keep growing. While with any other business, you have to just keep selling. And if you want to grow 10%, you've got to sell everything you sold in that last period, but 10% more. It's just, I don't envy people doing that. It's so difficult.
1: So given all the pluses and the experience that you've had, and I love, by the way, just looking at your blog, you, you talk about growth with purpose and uh, a you know, uh, bigger picture, but, yeah. but given all the pluses, what are, what are some of the challenges? Cause if there's this like, well, if it's too good to be true, it probably is, right? Yeah, like No, I, that's,
2: I, love, I love that saying as well. And I always say it, so, you know, if it is too good to be true, it is. There are uh, negatives, not that many. And I think it's enough that, you know, having done this now for a little while from experience, I can say this is a better option, but the negatives that stick out, you know, straight away, you have to provide like pretty much 24, seven. Well, you have to 24, seven uptime. So, that's on me as a service to provide, you know, mm-hmm. I'll get a phone call in the middle of the night if something goes down. If you had a plug-in, that's not really an option. Um, like it's not really a concern. If the, pro- the product doesn't just stop working in the middle of the night because it's on X many thousand stores as a plugin. So as a service, there is like a single point of failure being the service. So if that fails, everything fails um, and you've got to fix it. That's by far the biggest negative. I, I'm trying to think of others and there aren't too many coming to mind. That's really the biggest one.
1: What was your experience like finding the product market fit? Because like going from idea to actually, like I know people who put a lot of time into something and they don't seem to get traction. Um, like, how, how did you navigate that? I've got an idea and like, did you work on it and then?
2: No, I, I the, the unique situation I was in, and um, I suppose, to to other founders doing SaaS products is that, well, Automatic have a very strict and publicly known like conflict of interest policy where you can't do anything. And you know that Jonathan, you work there. You, you can't, like, you can't write a bit of code or anything. So it puts you in, it put me in a very unique situation in that I had to really, really be confident in my idea um, (laughs) that it would work because I, there wasn't a little like a middle ground where I could just like slowly test it it and see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I even thought about, I'm like, should I get another job that doesn't have that and then slowly work on it? But I was like, that's not fair to the next employer and, and all that stuff. So I kind of just had to really hope for the best. And I had a, a like a bit of a game plan. I was like, you know, I'll quit. I'll try build it. It'll take me at least a few months to build it. I'll do a beta. Maybe it's another month, two months of that. Then hopefully people will pay. But because I, I was in a, a situation where I had less requirements to other people, like I you know, don't have kids, didn't have like a mortgage at the time or anything like that. I was able to have a pretty good idea of what I needed financially. So I just had a timeline where I'm like, I can, I ever, it was almost like I was starting a company and had investment. And I was like, this is my runway. I know my like cost of living is two, $3,000 a month. I have, let's say 30 grand. I can, I have a runway of 10 months. And if I don't get to a certain point, yeah. So
1: you you calculated it and you said, all right, I I can work on it this long and I got to make it work within that.
2: But I didn't know if it would work, if that's the question. But at the same time, I think I did because I I worked in WooCommerce enough to know that there was a need for this. And if it wasn't going to work with like my solution, someone else was going to do it after me and that'd get it to work. So it was just a matter of time. I just, again, all I, I i kept telling myself all i need is that like 50 100 customers enough just to pay the bills and, and because it was a SaaS, my like volume needs were a lot lower than if i was building a plug-in i would have been like you know i need 100 new customers a month for the next year that's really challenging but just getting 50 or 100 people isn't as bad as as difficult I'd love to hear about your first customer. What was that like? Like, oh, started- <laughs> of course, I like everyone. I remember that very fondly. Yeah. Um, well, it's hilarious because when you know when I launched it, like I was, it was in beta and no one was paying for that. And then I was like, you know what, I'm ready. I'll just turn it on. And by that I meant um, the marketing site was up. You know, anyone could start a trial. There wasn't like a beta code or anything like that. So there was just one day where I, I felt ready, and I just clicked flip the switch and <laughs> i um didn't think much would happen my partner and i we went over to go like visit my brother that day at his office and we will just like you know hang out it was a very like relaxing day and then i'm driving back home and i get an email like on my phone okay you know you have your first it's that email from stripe you've received your first payment a lot of people have gotten that and it's a nice feeling you get that and you're like okay cool this is happening and i got that but my first thought wasn't oh my God, that's awesome. My first thought was, this makes no sense because anyone who would have tried it today would have just started a trial and they've got 30 days, they don't have to pay. So my Ah. first thought was, this is fraud. Like I'd had some bad experiences running business in the past with chargebacks. I'm like, oh, this is definitely fraud. They're just testing out a credit card. I'm going to get a chargeback. Like I'm I'm sweating and I'm not enjoying that moment at all. But then, you know, I look at the customer and, and investigate and it's like someone in Melbourne who... Started a trial that day. They connected a real store to the service. They must have just liked it and then subscribed that day. And it was hilarious because they were only 10 minutes away from me, like a 10-minute drive <laughs> Of all the people in the world, you know, it's it's someone that's within 10 minutes of you.
1: It's just crazy. Well, I, I really appreciated you sharing all this. Like, from my point of view and having spent the last year, like, looking at the world of SaaS um, at, at, a, at a high macro level, I'm like, there seems like there's so much opportunity here. And yeah, it's yeah. Really- to sort of hear your story in perspective. and perspective. And I hope for folks listening that like, um, and, and it sounds like one of the keys that I'm hearing from your story is you focused on solving a problem that you knew existed. Like
2: that, that's a yeah, key. That that's, that's it. If you want people to give you money, you just need to give them more value than what they've given you. It just needs to be a profitable transaction for them. No one's going to complain. Like if you told me, if I gave you a hundred dollars, you'll give me back $110. I'll do that in a second. Even if it's a dollar, like, as long as there's a profit to the consumer, um, that transaction makes a lot of sense. I I do really hope that more WordPress WooCommerce businesses uh, try like the SaaS route, and I've been advocating for years for it because, like, there is a con which I said, but if you can find your way around that con and work with the constraints of that, there are so many pros, and a lot of the cons that you do have with plugins, and I can probably think of a lot more than just that one I thought of for SaaS, they all disappear. And suddenly you just get to do what you love, which is solving a problem for people. Um, But the numbers make a lot more sense. So you can do it in a much more sustainable way. And you can potentially even offer much more value than you ever could in a plugin.
0: One of the things I'm curious about, and maybe we'll kind of close this out with you on this one. And this is a bizarre thing because I I always think weirdly (laughs) these ideas. And maybe that's why I have a co-host to try to, keep me under control and stuff. But (laughs) so I'm looking at, and I don't know if this, there are metrics that you can track this or any way you know it, but when you are selling something based on, okay, you pay this X amount of money and you can do X amount of orders with that, you know, monthly orders. Is there a sweet spot where people say, okay, I see the value I'm getting. Let's say I'm getting 50 orders oh man, is this worth the money Mm -hmm. or the person that's getting 75 orders? Yeah, this is, this is worth it. Or is it more the value that you bring than what they're looking at as compared to this is how many orders I'm getting and I'm paying this much.
2: It's, it's, I thought there was a sweet spot at some point. People used to say to me, like, you know, I'm only having 10 orders a month. Should I use the product? And I'd say to them, probably not like, If you've got to pay that much per order, I'd say like maybe come back and use it when you have 50 or 60 orders a month. Um, But then, you know, people, I see people like subscribe that have five orders a month or some people that haven't even launched yet. They just want to like kind of have it all set up. So I thought there was a sweet sweet spot and I was wrong. I think there isn't and it's it's completely up to that user. I have some customers that have $2,000 a month and they think it's not worth it. Like, they, like they've done the trial and they get faced with that option. They're like, oh, this isn't worth it. But at the same time, someone with 1% of the orders that they have a month will pay, you know, 50% of the price that they would have had to pay. So it's definitely up to the individual. I did find, though, that when I first launched a product, it was just reports. Um, very... Kind of simple, some fancier reports and insights like that, but that was all. Then slowly added more features and more features and it got to the point where I added this email automation kind of whole add-on product to it. I found that after I added that and like the abandoned cart tracking and abandoned cart emails, a lot of smaller stores started to use it because it it was a lot easier for them to get their value out of it. And even if you've only got 10 or 15 orders a month and it's cost you $30 a month, if your average order is like 100 and you set up an abandoned cart sequence with Metric and it gets you that one sale every month. you have still paid for the product. Um, why they choose Metric over a plugin or another service, I don't know. That's like, you know, up to the <laughs> consumer. <laughs> I, I just try to offer the best product we can. I don't even look at like competitors or anything like that. I, I'm, maybe that's a bad business decision. I just don't really care. I just enjoy what we do. And I just want to do the best I can do with that. And as I was kind of saying before, because of, how it works financially it just doesn't matter as much about we don't have growth targets you know as you were reading on the blog Jonathan like growth with purpose is very real for us a lot of people say to me like I can help you grow double and I'm like that's the opposite of what I want I I'll grow in on my schedule and or I'll grow when my team feels like we want that or when it makes sense but um, because you don't demand that growth you can can kind of like where Tunnel like have tunnel vision and just yeah. one of the
1: advantages I think the Woo ecosystem has like Shopify as a publicly traded company like yeah. I look at their earnings call like they're inherently focused on growth you can hear the venture capital saying how are we going to get our return and in the broader Woo ecosystem like we that's that's not there and I, I I love hearing that like that's yeah you can you can focus on what actually matters and providing value to your customers more than just pleasing investors
2: exactly it's it's a really nice situation to be in because you just have so much freedom that all these other big companies that have much bigger numbers revenue and and customer size and everything they don't have those freedoms so you can you're like would i rather live with you know like a million dollars and have no freedom or with a few hundred thousand and have all the freedom in the world and everyone's going to have a different answer it's just about what works for you and i found like this works for me and i think a lot of people in the woo space that are decided to create businesses and and products in the space have had that kind of thought and they've decided this is the path for them. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. Well, I scoured the web to see if I could find any other new things in the Woo space going on. And it's amazing what you come across. And I I found an article uh, titled My Size Announces Availability of My Size Idea WooCommerce a leading e-commerce platform. So I went and looked at it and I'm not sure if either one of you have ever seen anything like this before I watched the video and thought, this is interesting. Uh, Basically it, what it does is let me just find that where I had that. And I seem to have lost it already, but (laughs) you can scan your measurements and build personal sizes and how that's going to play into things i i don't know it's just i am I'm, I'm already you know hoping you don't have a video on the same time you're scanning and you're putting something on instagram of you scanning a certain <laughs> part of your body or i don't know there's probably a lot of weird implications i'm thinking there like yeah aren't even possible but have either one of you ever seen anything like this before
2: i i, I was yeah like i have it's hilarious cuz when you showed me this i was just looking at. i'm like well it's so familiar and there was um well there is this japanese company called zozo and they're like i think the biggest e-commerce or fashion retailer in japan i think yahoo just bought them actually um yahoo japan but they they had something similar because i saw it once like where people are wearing this full body suit where it had like dots all over it and i was like what is that and i looked into it and i was like this is i realized this is a suit that they Um, they sell for like $5 or $10. They don't make money off it, I assume. But they send you the suit and then they can use a photo or a video of you in that suit to figure out your measurements. So I'm not sure if this company is doing something similar. but
0: Yeah, actually, um, I'll put the link in there. But if people go and look at the video on, I'll put it to the actually the website of this. This shows this um, um, young lady, you know, looking ready to shop and she's just (laughs) scanning with her iphone across certain parts of her body which i'm hoping most people will do this i mean she's you know clothed and everything but i i imagine you know people now sitting in restaurants and deciding oh i gotta buy something oh i gotta get my size and you're looking over seeing this person with their phone doing various things and it it could be really interesting (laughs) but um yeah it's it's basically um yeah, you, you base you just kind of move the, the phone your phone around and measure certain parts of your body. They probably <sighs> tell you where to do that or how to do it. And you build a personal uh, sizing. So I'm I think it's problem-
1: problematic. <laughs> <laughs> and for me it's like so it's interesting as an application, but where it gets exciting to me is with, within Woo broadly, the mission is democratize commerce. And when you think about like things like this to me fit into that category, like there's someone out there who would love to be able to do like sell garments online and they don't know how to deal with the sizing problem, whether this is the solution or someone else it's, it's bringing tools like this mm-hmm. and making them accessible. Someone who wants to make clothes doesn't have the capability likely to go and create tooling to you know, go and doubt. make like this, Yes, Right. But yeah. if you can provide it to them, make it accessible, then suddenly new categories of businesses can come online that couldn't practically before where yeah. they can create these curated experiences. And so, I, so whether this is you know, the thing or not, I'm excited. I always get excited to see things like this because it's in that vein of empowering merchants to do things that they couldn't do before and provide without solve problems they couldn't solve before.
2: Yeah, no, you're 100% right. That's the beauty of software, right? And just the direction of e-commerce with fulfillment centers. And you don't know what the next thing is that's going to necessarily work. That's why I think you're right that it might be this, it might not be this. But maybe people thought the same when fulfillment centers started working with like small e-commerce companies like, oh, I don't know if this will work. And But it enables people to do something they couldn't do otherwise. And that's always really awesome to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing I came across was um, uh, Make Web Better releases a new plugin to manage WooCommerce coupons on Zendesk. came across a press release they would sent out, and I've never uh, obviously used Zendesk because I don't need to. I'm just trying to see the application there as far as support and being able to streamline your coupons in support.
2: It does make sense because we do have an integration with Zendesk, and people have asked us for exactly this. So I think they're definitely on the right path.
0: Cool. I think straight from would, the horse's mouth. There, you know, it's um, somebody. It there. makes
2: sense. Like when people start to, to move there, a lot of the work you do with an e-commerce store isn't always in the e-commerce system. Like if it's customer support, you're going to do that wherever you do customer support. So the next logical step is to bring the tools to the users wherever they need them.
1: For anyone thinking about like creating the SaaS, one of the things I just want to encourage is just ask lots of questions. Like I was, I've been surprised. Like it's very easy to just not realize how many. First off, how many WooCommerce installations there are out there? Yeah. Like just how many there are, but like there are even if it's only thousands or even hundreds of people with particular problems, that can be more than enough, as you were alluding to earlier, to build something on. So you might not think to go look at Zendesk as an example and the integration between Zendesk and Woo as an area. But when people are using like Woo and WordPress as the operating system for their business, like there, there are parts and pieces that, there are pro- problems that they're having that you can solve for them. And I was, I was surprised to see like, you know, project management and resource and HR plugins for WordPress that are all solving very specific, different, you know, trying to solve very specific, different issues. But, and then to all the reasons you talked about SaaS, there's so much more opportunity to
2: solve those things. The WooCommerce space is so big. And I think people, as you're saying, they just don't realize it's crazy because it's almost like treated as if it's a bit of a, in some new software that's not worthy of like attention. It's it's such an insane thing to to witness people talk and, and think like that when as a business I'm seeing the complete opposite. We have like literally over a 1,000 people pay us a minimum of $20 a month for a product for their WooCommerce store. Yep. And the majority are paying like $100 plus a month. So if you have – if and we're not even really scratching the surface of it. So I imagine there are other businesses in the Woo or WordPress space that will have, you know, Ten times as many customers, maybe not paying as much, but there is so many potential customers in the WooCommerce space. And I think a lot of people look at the numbers like, oh, there are hundreds of thousands of Woo stores, and in their mind they're thinking, but 90% of them aren't making any money. That's just not the case. A lot of them are. Tens tens and tens of thousands of these stores are really huge businesses that employ multiple people and might turn a profit, but are doing hundreds of thousands, millions in revenue. There are tens of thousands of these using WooCommerce and they're underserved as a market. Yeah, very much. <laughs> well,
1: it's exciting to see what you've built and, and your your ways of thinking about it and looking forward to seeing what you know can, how you continue to grow with purpose. And Thank you. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm personally just excited and looking forward to
2: just seeing a lot more people re- start to recognize this. Yeah. I'd just love to see more of it. Exactly. That's my feeling. It, it, it really, one thing that I've noticed is that as more and more businesses dip their feet into SaaS, it encourages consumers to see the benefits in it as well, and they become more comfortable with it. And, and that's just another personal anecdote from when I started having those conversations with people at WordCamps and, and, and those demo calls. And they're like, all right, so how does the price work? And I'm like, well, you'll pay me every month. There was a little bit of hesitation, like, oh, well, the other plugins I use, I don't do it like that. And it just takes a couple, like attempts, like to for people to use products like this to see the benefits, and then suddenly they're like, "Well, yeah, I am paying you more, but I get like a really consistent product every month that never stops working and keeps getting updated." And then, as more and more of us offer these kind of services and products, as the customers will become a lot more comfortable with it, and they'll actually prefer it if they have the choice. That's at least my yeah suspicion
1: we see that with shopify i think there's so much of the money made is in that sort of SaaS ecosystem and today in wordpress yeah there's just a ton
2: if i'm just thinking as well if i was like a shopify merchant and i needed a product maybe it was something to run competitions or whatever it is so i'm looking for a product for it if i found one and they're like you know we're different to all the other shopify products in that we're a one-time fee of 200 dollars I'd almost like completely ignore it and avoid it straight away. Cause I'm just thinking, well, how do they offer a quality product that gets updated over the next five years for $200? Or will they offer me support in six months? Or, you know, what if I scale to this size? I start to have all these questions. I'm like, well, they can't. So they won't. So <laughs> it's not a good choice anymore. Yeah. It's, if it's too good. To-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave those links in the show notes and yeah I guess this is I'll I'll keep scouring the web and finding these little gems out there and just as both of you pointed out all those little pieces are being filled uh everybody has their needs for their WooCommerce store. So Jonathan how about we close this out?
1: Let's close it out. First first episode where I've had the chance to be a co-host. And uh, looking forward to the, the rest of this year. Bryce, um, it, there's there's a little bit happening in Australia right now. Do you want to tell us about, uh, for those who aren't aware, There's there's been a bit of a...
2: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, the reality is people can deny it or however they like, but the reality is climate change is real. And this is kind of now where we're seeing the impact of it, um, where they're just basically devastating like uncontrollable bushfires happening in australia and and the size of them is is quite hard to to fathom because it is just so big and i try to imagine and i can't but we're talking like fires the size of countries like european countries like i think belgium or a few different countries that was compared to it it's the entire country like that size it's crazy um and it's just not new like australia does have bushfires like any california and a lot of places around the world with a lot of forests. There are fires, but not at this scale and, and and not at this uncontrollable and unpredictable and, yeah, and just the devastation. Like, exactly, yeah, people, so many people are losing their homes. There are, like, billions of animals that have died. Like, people are saying certain species are going to go extinct. It's just that bad. Yeah, what can we do? There isn't much, but financially there are some options. Um, there is one organization which Metric Web decided to kind of donate some money to and, and push people towards which is called wires uh, w-i-r-e-s they're working to kind of help all the wildlife devastation helping animals that are sick and and trying to you know save their lives um but there are some other organizations as well, I'll, we'll i guess we'll link to it in the show notes that um are really doing great stuff and and you know the amazing thing is that and it's a, i guess this is me just thanking the international community like the support has been amazing like i've gotten messages from customers even just saying are you okay you know i've donated to this charity and this charity and i'm like that's amazing because the reality is it might be a problem for australia but realistically and long term this is a problem for the whole world and it's really nice to see that when push comes to shove we are all kind of in on it together and working together to try to solve it so yeah i can just say i appreciate that i'm sure every other australian does as well
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, we're we're leaving it that. I, I think we got we got our priorities right here to closing it out. And I um I'll make sure and get um Bryce will send me all the links. We'll put them in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's do it. So Bryce, where can people find you on the web?
2: Um I'm just on Twitter at Bryce Adams, B I C E A D M S. I don't tweet much, but when I do tweet it's normally not that interesting either. (laughs) But no, I I, I try to, I want to be more active there. And it it can be hard, you know, sometimes to, to share publicly like that, but that's where I am. So if I do share, it'll be there.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what the year brings in for you, Jonathan, always a pleasure to have my co-hosts on and have you for the first time.
2: Well done to Jonathan for yeah. the first time. All
0: right, we are good to go. So, everyone, yeah, uh, check out those links. Do something, do something that matters. So, till the next time, do the boot.